Good morning. This is the Harford Edge, and this is Bob Mumby, and this is 970 WAMD, and I'm here with my co-host Jenny Dombeck, who is the director of the Harford County Public Library Foundation. Uh, this afternoon, this morning, we have on the show Joe Ligo, who is the associate producer and editor of uh, Motor Week on MPT, and he's also the celebrity judge a week from tomorrow at Romancing the Chrome. And... Uh, Good morning, Jenny. Good morning, Bob. How are you? I'm doing pretty good on this lovely Friday morning. Yeah, oh, Jenny, you have an excellent radio voice. This oh. is Jenny's first time, and I've walked in completely unprepared. So <laughs> all of her calmness is a tribute to her uh, grace under pressure, let's say. Well, thanks, Bob. Um, I had a computer problem this morning, and it's thrown me for a loop. Uh, but we are, um, we're really excited to have uh, uh, Joe Ligo. Um, we'll be talking to him later, and he's going to be talking about a signature event uh, that he's a celebrity judge at. A uh, week from tomorrow, uh, co-sponsored by the Public Li- uh, Hartford County Public Library Foundation and uh, the Lions Club of Jarrettsville. And if you want to see 250 or so beautiful, shiny, colorful, well-crafted, tender, loving, cared cars and vehicles next Saturday. Come on up to Jarrettsville. And it's going to be 72 and sunny. Um, I have some inside information on that. Uh, It's uh, April uh, 13th, week from tomorrow, starting at 10 a.m. And we're going to talk a lot more about that. But first, we're going to talk about gripes. Okay. I didn't prepare Jenny for this either. We have a little gripe session at the beginning of each show. Okay, sounds good. We're not perfect. We know that. But others are worse. They're much worse. So we like to talk about that Mm -hmm. in an effort civilly to help bring everyone's game up a little little bit. When was the last time you were at the movie theater? Uh, Maybe about a month or so ago. Okay. What would you see, by the way? The Lego movie. Okay. Lego 2. I... I have, I've never seen an Avenger, a Marvel movie. I only saw the original Star Wars, and wow. I don't know what I'm missing, I guess. I wow, guess. those are some good movies. So Stanley you recommend Chapman. the Lego movie? Uh, yes, if you are 10 and under, sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> so uh, this gripe is about people who sit behind you at the movie theaters and eat their candy. Mm. With their mouth open? With their mouth open. Mm-hmm. They go in the Twizzler bag for each Twizzler and rip the Twizzler off while it's in the bag. Uh-huh. Right? That, that and they cr- hold it next to your ear. Yeah, the, the crunchy uh, yeah. cellophane. Rip out eight Twizzlers and then take them apart. <laughs> and milk duds. Don't be shocked when two of the du- milk duds at the bottom have melted a little, then refuse themselves to the bottom of the box. Right. <laughs> Don't bang it on your thigh next to my ear. Open up the other side and take out the milk duds. And I if you're going to be in front of me on your phone that looks like 
this orb, uh, like when the door to the spaceship opened at Close Encounters of the Third Kind, <laughs> don't think that I can see the screen with that glow in my face. Giant but, spotlight in the yes. middle of the darkness. Yeah, not good. And the other gripe is I have to, uh, inquiring minds need to know, um, I understand that there's about 25,000 books in the Library Foundation warehouse. Really? Yes. Um, Marvelous Mary and the Disney Princess. <laughs> Marvelous Mary, it's fun to dress like a pirate. And Marvelous Mary dresses up for the gala. Well, you forgot one important one. What? Marvelous Mary as Wonder Woman. Yes. Yes. Now, That's our favorite one. How did we acquire those books? What did the, what did the foundation get in return for buying all those 25,000 books from Mary? <laughs> <laughs> Expertise and and grace is what we okay. got. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. And that's nothing like <laughs> In Baltimore. It's funny. People um, <clears throat> people have said to me, you know, whenever I see the mayor, she has a different designer suit on, and she never wears the same one twice. Okay. I think we're getting a little indication as to the uh, the, the funding mechanisms for those. Uh, <laughs> Yikes. For that couture. <laughs> yeah, really. Okay. Big mess. Okay. Um, we won't do no more of that, but I couldn't, I couldn't resist. Marvelous Mary is Wonder Woman. We'll remember that one. And she is marvelous. She is sure. marvelous. And she is a Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. Um, no, hats off to Mary Hassler, CEO of the library. Tremendous leader, tremendous executive, uh, pillar of the community, great boss. A fantastic boss. And I might say great sponsor. Mm -hmm. Um, so hats off, Mary. Wherever you are, I'm sure. It's, wh whatever you're doing now is probably the first of nine things on your calendar today. <laughs> All righty. Now I'm calmed down. Um, Want to do some trivia? Yeah. All right. So I'm supposed to quiz you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let me get you a good one here. Hmm. What nationality was Marco Polo? I feel like I'm supposed to say Italian. I, and that's the right answer. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. it was a trick question. Oh, you know, I might lead you to believe it's okay. a trick. Yeah, I'm to easily, try and stump you. Yes, I'm easily led <laughs> in that direction. Okay, I got another one for you. Mm -hmm. What actor was married to Madonna? Sean Penn. Excellent. Yep. I don't. I shouldn't know that, and I'm disappointed <laughs> that I do. <laughs> And let's see. Well, this was this is a good one. Who invented television? Oh, Farnsworth. Mm, not quite. John Logie Baird. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Was right on the tip of your tongue. Yeah. For, Farnsworth is normally what I mean when. Well, I, John Logie Bent is what I mean when I say Farnsworth. I have a weird uh, language. Mm. Okay. Okay. You ready for one more? Sure. What is the capital of Ecuador? Quito. You're, you're pretty amazing, Bob, I got to tell you. I, well, I remember um, 
useless information that went into my brain a long time ago. So that's how I do it. You'd be pretty, pretty fantastic on Jeopardy. I, think I, I know. I, I think I would, but um, I can't get on mm. because um, I've tried a few times, but it's, it's just as much uh, a lottery as it is uh, a quiz. So any more or is that it? No, I got a couple more. Oh, excellent. Mm. What did the Montgolfier brothers invent? Spell it. M-O-N-T-G-O-L-F-I-E-R. Wow. No idea. The balloon. Oh, I should have known that. They were full of hot air. They were full of hot air. Yeah. But they had lofty ambitions. <laughs> Clever. Love it. Um, okay, let's see. What stopped in London at 3.45 a.m. on August 5th, 1975? Big Ben. Excellent. Tick-tock. Tick-tock. And the Liberty Bell. Cracked. And what is the first letter on a typewriter? Mm, w? Q. Q. QWERTY. <laughs> Do you know what QWERTY is? No. QWERTY is what the, they call the typewriter-based alphabet. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's Q-W-E-R-T-Y. That goes across the top. Oh, okay. So if, some, if something is ordered like a... Oh, look, I'm staring at a keyboard right here, and I couldn't <laughs> get it right. Yeah, QWERTY. Q-W-E-R-T-Y. Oh, look at that right there. Right. But no, I couldn't synthesize that info. <laughs> okay, what else? Uh, what actor played the main actor in Superman 2? Speaking of superheroes. Um, Christopher Reeve. Yes. God, God rest his soul. Yep. Um, Great guy. Yes. He was also... Quite the heartthrob, was he not? He really was. <laughs> wow. Jenny put her papers down for that. <laughs> wow, he was. Oh god. Okay. Well. Um. Yes, and he it was a horse riding accident, I believe. Yeah. And so it tragic. injured him gravely, and he he I I think he. Uh, to his credit, he lived uh, another ten years or so, and mm -hmm. was really quite an advocate for um, spinal injury research. And yeah. things like that. Okay, um, we'll, we'll do a little news. Okay. Then we'll go to a break, and then we'll come back and get Mr. Uh, Mr. Ligo on the phone. Uh, the most important piece of news is that the Romancing the Chrome show is next Saturday. Go to hcplonline.org for more info. Admission is free. Yes, you had me at admission is free. And this thing is an amazing event, and it's for a great cause. So that's the first piece of news. Um, we also have um, great news also. We're just doing good news today. St. Baldrick's, uh, Habit of Grace's St. Baldrick's, raised $94,000 last week. Wow. Um, the hair shaving event. You're familiar with the St. Baldrick's thing, Jenny? I'm not. Oh, it's um, it's a foundation um, that raises money to fight childhood cancer. And what people do 
is get their head shaved and they go to all their friends and get them to pledge dollars if they have their head shaved and it's just a, it's a beautiful thing daniel hickling 12 of charlestown in cecil county got his head shaved in honor of a friend so many people ha have done it and it's really it's a great it's a, just a great thing to do would you get your head shaved I don't know. That's it's pretty tempting. That's a pretty good cause, but maybe I could put one of those little plastic um, plastic skull cap things on. You know, like it would just look like I was bald. Like Uncle Fester. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that would look worse than <laughs> than having it shaved. <laughs> um, and there's a woman here who's a stylist who had her uh, hair completely shaved uh, by her husband who also is a shavy. What a great way to bring awareness to that. That's, That's right. Such a good cause. And I, we learned a new word, shavy. <laughs> and uh, always Teacher of the Year was uh, announced, Paige Milanowski uh, from Harvard of Grace High School. But uh, this is always an opportunity to thank uh, all teachers and honor them and recognize them. They bust their rear ends day in, day out. Thank and you. not just from eight, Till two, mm -mm. Um, they're often the 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 difference from a, a lot of our kids. Uh, I know many of my two kids' uh, teachers are still still impact our kids today, who are twenty five and twenty eight. So, God bless them all. Congra oh, you congratulations! Know, you know some teachers. I do. Don't you? I do. I was raised by two teachers. Um, I think even your dad was my son's high school principal at Bel Air. I think so. I think so. Well, Such a off. small world. Hats off. And that will, since I got a late start, not Jenny, that's it for the news. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk to Joe Ligo, and that's going to be a lot of fun. The 8th Annual Romancing the Chrome, the largest car show of its kind in Northeastern Maryland, featuring more than 250 classic cars and hot rods, takes place Saturday, April the 13th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Jarrettsville, 3719 Norrisville Road in Jarrettsville, right across from the Jarrettsville Library. Organized by the Harford County Public Library Foundation and Jarrettsville Lions Club. And benefiting both organizations, this event also features a children's area, music, vendors, food concessions, a beer garden, and much more. King Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram is back again this year as the headlining sponsor. Those interested in entering their car should visit romancingthechrome.org or call Nina Dipkin at 410-273-5600, extension 6514, or email her at d-e-p-k-i-n-n at hcplonline.org. In case of inclement weather, Romancing the Chrome will be held on Saturday, April the 20th. This is a free event. For more information, visit romancingthechrome.org. And we are back. This is Bob Mumby and my co-host Jenny Dombeck. And we have on the line with us Joe Ligo, who is not only going to be our celebrity judge next week for Romancing the Chrome, Chrome but he is also a video producer and editor for Motor Week, television's longest-running automotive series. Each year he helps edit videos for over 150 road tests, news stories and maintenance tips that go into Motor Week. 
weekly half-hour program on PBS and the Velocity Cable Channel. He also produces an independent YouTube series called Auto Moments, which features historical documentaries on lesser-known classic cars. That is at YouTube.com. Um, and actually, there's a long string here, but just, um, just search on YouTube for Auto Moments. Uh, Joe's the proud owner of a 1972 AMC Ambassador Brome and will serve as the celebrity judge at this year's Romancing the Chrome event on April 13th at Jarrett's Field in Jarrett'sville. Welcome, Joe. Hey, thanks for the, the great introduction there. <laughs> well, I um, it's been a crazy morning, so uh, that quick test in elocution was, was good for me. It helped clear my head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If that, that'll wake you up for sure. Uh, first of all, uh, we're going to tell the folks briefly about uh, Romancing the Chrome. It's a week from tomorrow, the 13th. It is just an amazing event. 250 vehicles gleaming in the 72-degree sun. Forget that rain date. Right. And it's really just a beautiful thing it, to, the, to the craft, to the machinery, to the people that love these vehicles and, and take care of them. And, um... And we're all looking forward to it. And we'll talk a little bit more about the event in a minute. But, Joe, first tell us about Joe Ligo. How did you get to be doing something as a job that you love so much? Well, uh, it's, it's Motor Week far predates me, of course. I think we're in our 38th season. So it's been around since 1981, which is great. And it's funny, I grew up watching Motor Week on PBS and... One, I kind of had a, a bit of a an epiphany one moment when I was watching it, and I thought, wait a minute, I could go work for them. <laughs> and I guess I got lucky enough that uh, I pursued a career in broadcasting and applied one day while I was, you know, and things just turned out right. And so I, I consider myself very lucky to work here and work doing stories about cars every day. And uh, it's quite the job. Like I said, 38 seasons, I've been here for three and a half of them. And uh, it's really, really just a great place, and, and uh, you know, there's a, a huge history here that I love. Yeah, well, Joe, when I was young, I said I could I could announce New York Giants football games, but it didn't work out for me that way, so hats off to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, 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 of course, I'm a small part of a very talented team, of course. I, I edit the videos, but, you know, we have shooters and producers and drivers and and writers and stuff. I mean, you know what it takes to put together a program. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, I consider myself lucky to be part of many talented people. Oh, that, that's fantastic. And how do people find out more about you and what you do? Uh, they can go to motorweek.org. Yes, sure. You can go to motorweek.org. Uh, we have a YouTube channel for motorweek. So just search motorweek. So you can watch almost all the show segments there. Of course, we're also available on your local PBS station here in Maryland. That's Maryland Public Television. But, uh, you know, depending on where you listen, whether you're near PA or Delaware or whatever, you can also get Motor Week on your local station there. On the MotorWeek.org website, there's a station locator you can put in your zip code because every PBS station chooses what time to air the show. So depending on where you're watching from, the, the time is different. And then also... We're available on what used to be the Velocity Cable Channel. They just changed the name to the Motor Trend Network, but it's it's the same. Uh, you can still watch us there as well. So there's a lot of different ways to to see Motor Week, 
but uh, yeah, it's it's um uh, like I said, there we do over you know a hundred new car tests per year, plus stories on car care, plus stories on consumer advice for car shopping, and and then I also have a segment where I talk about old cars, uh, which if you watch this coming week. Uh, I have a story I did on a 1987 Buick Regal Turbo. That's kind of an interesting story, so keep an eye out for that one. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I love uh, Buick and Turbo often um, aren't in the same sentence. So I, uh... No, and that's what makes it an interesting story. It's kind of an unexpected muscle car, and that's kind of the cool part of it. Uh, and, and talk about what, what folks can e- expect when they... Um... They come uh, to romancing the chrome. Um. Sure, yeah, it's it's like you were saying earlier. It's a great show. There's you know 250, 300 cars there, and I've I've attended a fair amount of classic car shows in my life, and I have to say this is one of the the better operations I've seen. They're organized. They have lots of stuff to do, so that even if you're not a car person, you know you can bring your family. And there's things for kids or there's things for you know like i said people in the family who maybe aren't car people there's food trucks and a beer garden and stuff like that so it's a an event that you could come out and spend the better part of an afternoon at and enjoy yourself regardless of whether or not you like old cars and i think that's great but then of course me i'm all about the cars so i i spend a fair amount of time just looking at the wide variety of vehicles you get and that's the most interesting thing is the the div- diversity of vehicles at the show was impressive last year. Well, let's. Uh, it, 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 one of the things is you can be sipping a beer in the in the sunlight, and everywhere around you you see uh, some some shine, some color, some beautiful leather, uh, amazing detailing, and resor- restored or preserved uh, dashboards and uh, wheel and tire sets and. It's just oh, yeah, it's the, amazing. The the variety is incredible. One of the things that stuck out to me last year is there's a fellow who had a 1970s Jeep with a Levi's interior. They did a Jeep did a limited promotion where you could get like a Levi's. It wasn't real denim, but it was like a fake denim material on your seats. And he had a Jeep with a Levi's interior, which I just thought was super cool. That's a really rare thing, and to see one in the flesh was really neat. So, like, you'll see, it's not just, you know, it's not just a regular car show where, you know, you got Cor- Camaros and Mustangs and Corvettes, but you'll, you'll also see some really unusual and cool stuff there. Well, um, we're going to talk about the different classes and how they're judged, but f- let's take a little diversion. Jenny. Yes. What was your first car? Um, well, I drove my dad's Mazda, um, I think it was an S10 pickup truck, or a, it was a, the mini pickup truck. But my personal car was a triple white Super Beetle. Triple white Super Beetle. Mm-hmm. Joe, uh, we're going to, yeah, put, tell us about the Beetle. Oh, man. The, well, that, that that's something you see at, you know, car shows. The, the Beetle having been made so long, you're always bound to see at least one at a car show. But the thing is, there's so many different flavors, right? You know, it can be a flower power Beetle that's been all painted and done up, or it can be one of those guys who's super strict, authentic, you know, the same way it was when it left the factory in Germany 70 years ago kind of beetle. And so that's that's one thing is that you're always going to see a beetle at a car show, but you never know what kind of flavor it's going to be. Do you call it the trunk if it's in the front, or is there another name for it? 
Uh, I, you know, trunk, I guess, is that you can call it a front trunk or you can call it a frunk if you're, you know, <laughs> into making up words. But, yeah, I, I think you can still call it a trunk. Okay. But, and what mo- most people don't know is the original, the reason it, it, the company is called Volkswagen um, is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Hitler in the 30s wanted to build an affordable people car that people can afford and volks is german for people uh-huh. and wagen is a uh, car so that's not such a savory part of the history <laughs> right and it's it's so the irony is that you know the car that was created by this you know crazy person crazy dictator then became the emblem of the peace movement and the you know the flower power and the hippies and things so it's what was created by a rather unsavory person became the symbol of of peace and love so it's interesting how the car sort of took on a life of its own and of course everybody remembers the uh the disney movie the love bug with you know the the Uh. living vw i think that was i think that's what started my car craze was seeing that movie (laughs) when i was like five years old and i just never looked back wasn't the name wasn't it uh herbie herbie Herbie, yes herbie the love bug i i had all the movies when i was a kid i i loved him uh, wasn't uh, Scooby-Doo's van a Volkswagen bus? I don't know if they, they might not have had the branding on it, because, you know, you got to pay to use uh, like, yeah. the emblem or whatever. But I, I think it was implied that the mystery machine was a, a VW bus, yeah. It okay. definitely had the shape of one, that's for sure. <clears throat> um, which was also part of the quote-unquote peace movement, the whole culture behind Scooby-Doo, if we can... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my first car was a 1963 Ford Falcon white rag top, wow. and I started it with a, uh, a coat hanger uh, uh, to connect the two leads on the starter because the starter was busted. So I'd turn the ignition, open the hood, connect the two leads, and start it up. Wow. Yeah, that's that's one thing. Um, you know, you hear a lot of stories, oh, man, cars are so great back in the day, not like today's cars. I think, man... I'm glad I don't have to start my car with a coat hanger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was fun. You didn't know what you were missing. Oh, uh, yeah. And and that's the interesting thing. Cars like that Falcon and stuff, you're starting to see more of an appreciation. You know, everybody collects Mustangs and stuff, but you're starting to see more of an appreciation for cars like the Falcon. You see them show up at car shows. And to see an original, unrestored you know, Falcon that's got a manual transmission and a six-cylinder engine and stuff. Those are rare, and now you're really starting to see them show up. There's a guy of my, in my neck of the woods who has, like, a Falcon station wagon that he bought new in the 60s, and he kept all this time. And so it's so cool to see stuff like that, stuff that is um, rare and unusual and maybe not worth millions of dollars, but still really cool to see. Well, it's on my bucket list to buy an old Corvair one of these days and fix it up. <laughs> oh, sure. Those are cool. Okay, so at Romance in the Chrome, the car classes are, and just give us a, a, a quick uh, sentence or two on what these, what, what encompasses these muscle cars. So, I mean, that's your standard Mustang Camaro. You can split hairs over whether the Corvette is a sports car or a muscle car, but generally when you think muscle cars, you think early 60s to mid-70s American cars with big engines and, you know, loud engines made to go fast, sporty stuff. Okay, like roadrunners or... Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> roadrunners and chargers and challengers and barracudas and 
and I mean even even AMC javelins and stuff like that count as muscle cars too. Well, you have a special place in your heart for AMC, we understand. Absolutely, yes. Um, Jeep truck SUV pre ninety two. Why do they uh, 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 separate it to pre ninety two and post ninety three? Oh, sure. So as cars from the nineties become are getting to the point where they're considered collectible or antique, um, I guess they need to split things off into more categories so that there's, you know, it, you don't want something from the early, you know, from the mid-60s competing with something from the 90s. And so as more Gen Xers and, and baby boomers, or I'm sorry, as more Gen Xers and even millennials get into collecting cars, you're seeing new divisions made in car shows to sort of accommodate for that because there's obviously a big difference from trucks from the 60s versus trucks from the 90s but yeah that's interesting um classic trucks and suvs are one of the fastest growing segments of the collector car market hmm. and uh so that's if you look at like Haggerty classic car insurance they say that one of the fastest growing areas of the collector market is trucks and SUVs, especially vintage SUVs, stuff in the like, 70s and 80s. Like Blazers and things oh, like yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Broncos, Blazers, uh, you know, International Harvester Scout, if you remember those. Uh -huh. um, all that kind of stuff. Prices are going up. Collectability is going up. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a definitely a market to keep your eye on. Okay. And custom. What is custom? Oh, man. Custom is like when you think of the stuff that, like, hot rods, that kind of stuff. Stuff that... The, just these incredible works of art that people start with a car and then turn it into something incredibly different. And that was that was actually one of our winners last year, I think, for Best in Show. was like a, you know, it had started out as like a 1940s Plymouth, and just the paint and the wheels and the engine and the interior, all of it was all done up and was really quite impressive. Um, it really uh, an expression of art. It's more than just a, it's more than just a car. It's, it was somebody's artistry. And then we have imports and tuners. What are tuners? Tuners are, I guess, a sort of an all-encompassing thing for, uh, you know, the sort of culture that came up in the 80s and 90s and even the 2000s, like with the Fast and Furious movies, where you've got smaller, maybe, prob you know, probably Japanese import cars that have been tuned for, you know, performance, you know, whether it's the... Uh, modifications to the engines or turbocharging or, you know, computer changes to make them higher performance cars. So I guess what they call tuner culture is what you think of when you think of, like, the stuff that was really popular when I was in high school, like when the first Fast and Furious movies were coming out. Okay. Or maybe the high school kids driving those Civics with that are an inch from the ground. Absolutely, yes. That's all part of tuner culture, yeah. You know, they have the me, me, me yeah, mufflers yeah. on them and that kind of thing, and and, you know, all the all the grown-ups stand around and shake their heads and say, yeah. oh, kids these days. Oh, yeah. I, um, <laughs> I, I'm one of those. I saw a great tweet one day. It said, <clears throat> um, me, I, when I get older, I'm not going to be a grouch. Now, get furious when I see an orange car. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes, exactly. It's it's so funny because, you know, you figure back in the 60s and 70s, there were there were old folks shaking their heads at all these kids and their Mustangs and Camaros and stuff. And now those same people who owned Mustangs and Camaros are shaking their heads at the kids, all oh, those Civics, 
you know, kids yeah. and their Civics and their, their you know, Ford Focuses and stuff. And, you know, that's, that's, that's what's great about car culture is it's always reinventing itself. It's always, there are always new trends and new ideas and stuff, and that's what's so fantastic about it. And, and that's the cool thing about, uh, to bring it back to Romancing the Chrome, you do see, like I said, you're starting to see Gen Xers and Millennials come to car shows, and they're bringing their sort of the cars that they have nostalgia for and stuff that they grew up with, you know, from the 90s and, and, and the 80s. And so that's really a cool thing is that um, you see a variety of cars. So, and uh, let's uh, tell folks, um, uh, uh, advance registration is still open through April 8th. It costs 15 for vehicles being considered uh, for the People's Choice Award and 20 sure. for those entering the judge competition. You can register the day of the show from 7 to 10 a.m., um, and uh, anybody who wants to enter their car should visit romancingthechrome.org or call Nina Depkin at 410-273-5600 or email her at depkin, D-E-P-K-I-N-N, at hcplonline.org. And um, also we have um, a People's Choice Award this year tell us about that right so that's kind of a fun thing uh, to have people vote on their favorite car that kind of thing so then because um, sometimes you know sometimes i don't want to say judges are narrow-minded but you know you're inside certain categories and you might have an oddball car that doesn't fit a category perfectly but people really like it anyways and so it's nice to give some recognition to to people who bring their cars to the show that way to have one that's sort of voted on by the crowd that kind of thing so that's that's neat to do that, and you're starting to, and I I think that comes back to the whole goal of this show is for people to have fun, and that's another way for people to have fun and, and to, for the crowd to participate. Yes, definitely. Um, and Jenny, tell us what else uh, is going to be fun for everyone who's at the show. We have food. We have food. Um, we have some really great food trucks coming in, um, a variety of different kinds of food. We have crab cakes. We have pit beef and ham. We have ice cream. Um, we have, uh, you know, your hamburgers and hot dogs, a little bit of something and, for everybody. And your beer. And our beer uh, garden, which also includes wine for those who don't care for beer. Um, we have a DJ all day playing, you know, your classic um doo-wop hits and great car show tunes. Uh, we have a rolling reader coming. We're doing a story time early in the day, face painting for the kids. Um, we have mascots coming. We have Tails Jr. coming um, that everyone always loves to get their pictures taken with. We have some fantastic vendors um, coming out. Uh, so if you want to buy some things on site, um, selling T-shirts and car parts and um, cool um, car nostalgia type of things. And then, of course, we have our cars, which is always fun to actually chat with the owners and um, find out a little bit of history about the vehicles. There's always a great story behind um, what these folks bring bring out for everybody to see. And um, we have our great sponsors, too. Sure, and, and Jenny, one thing you mentioned is talking to the owners. I completely forgot that. One of my favorite things at car shows is 
to hear the stories of the cars. And yeah. sometimes these guys will bring poster boards with, you know, before and after photos, and they'll be like, oh, I pulled this car out of the woods, and, you know, over the right. course of five years, I sanded it down and painted it and put a new engine in it. So, so like, that kind of stuff is so cool to see and to talk to owners about what went into their cars. Yeah, I love that. And some of them even put trophies on display. So, you know, some of these big shots come out and like to, you know, show off, hey, I, I got look at all these trophies, look at all these different shows I've been to, look at, you know, um, all these accolades that I've gotten for this work of art, for this, you know, all this time and dedication I've put into to this, um, you know, sometimes really unique and rare vehicle. Yeah, and one thing I've found is that um, to all the, pe- the people listening out there that are, you know, not necessarily car show people, I found that 90% of the owners at car shows love to talk about their cars. It's their favorite thing in the world to sit around and talk about their cars. <laughs> so, you know, be willing to go approach these guys and, and, and girls and chat with them. They'll, they'll probably talk your ear off if you, if you ask them. Well, I, I, uh, speaking of the stories, I read a great story uh, a few months back about um, gentleman. I was he was in his 80s, and... He had a car in the 60s that he loved. I think it was a um, a Chevy uh, Impala. Um, and uh, his son found it. Uh, the guy had sold it in 1971. And his son somehow found it and bought it and gave it to his dad. Um, this car that he loved that he had not seen in 45 years. Wow. Hmm. Just a beautiful thing. You know, the other thing I forgot to mention was um, we actually offer a Hero's Choice Award, too. Um, and that is uh, selected by uh, Sheriff Gaylor. Um, he comes out and um, picks his favorite vehicle. And uh, there's a special trophy for uh, that category. Um, and that is in honor of... Uh, uh, the, Deputy of First Class Mark Logsdon and Senior Deputy Pat Daly, mm-hmm. who... My gosh, it's now four years Can you believe it? ago since they, their lives were taken uh, while they were protecting us. So um, can never say uh, express our gratitude enough for these folks that put on the gear every day and go stand between the bad guys and us. So a- a- amen to that. Mm-hmm. Joe, and uh, tell us... Uh, we know that People's Choice is very uh, subjective, the People's Choice Award. And um, what are the criteria that judges use uh, when judging a car? Or is that almost as subjective? Uh, we, we try to be, you know, somewhat consistent. And, you know, yes, there's, there's some opinion that goes into it, and you'll see judges debate with each other. But, I mean, the obvious stuff is, you know, the car has to be in good condition, it has to be clean, it has to be well taken care of, you know, they're going to look and see, one. you know, you open up the engine, you know, and look inside and be like, it's nice and clean in here, and is the car, depending on the category, um, sometimes historical accuracy can matter a lot, you know, if there's things in the car that aren't, the, you know, that aren't factory correct or that kind of thing, you know, some, depending on the category, you might lose points, whereas if it's like a custom category, then it's more subjective because it's just like, how is this person, you know, how is this car as a whole that the person's put together? But, I mean, the biggest thing is just, you know, have it be well taken care of and clean. And, uh, you know, don't take yourself too seriously. There's, um, 
this the one thing that's nice about this show is that yes, it is a competition, but it's not a sort of a you know white knuckle edge of your seat kind of car show. Uh, you know, I've been to some of the higher end ones like that are run by the the National Antique Automobile Club of America type thing, and you know that's where you see cars that look like they literally left the factory and went into an airtight bubble for 50 years. Wow. The white <laughs> you know. glove test, right? Yes, yes, exactly. And while those cars are cool, the nice thing about this show is it's, it's approachable, you know. But so, just just don't touch anybody's car without asking. That's, that's a big... <laughs> oh, I never been to a, If you've never been to a car show before, you know, or if you have little kids who sometimes get excited... It's great to look, and it's great to, to be excited. Just don't touch anybody's car. So we could have a pretty good uh, video if I got my nephew, gave him an ice cream cone, and <laughs> s- turned him loose on the back seats of these vehicles. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I've, I've talked to, like, especially if you own a car like a DeLorean or something like that, that people get really excited when they see. You know, sometimes you have to almost, like, play security guard to make sure people just don't just run up and jump in your car, you know? Yeah, and we do have we do have someone that brings a DeLorean every single year, and um, she's passionate about it, so I'm sure she appreciates you saying that for sure. Right. It's great to talk to owners. It's great to take pictures and stuff. Just, you know, especially if you've got little ones, make sure that they don't, they don't touch anything. But they're stainless steel DeLoreans. What are they, what are they worried about? Well, true. I guess yeah. You, you don't have to worry. You, the ice cream would probably wash right off the outside. I don't yeah. know about the inside. Yeah, I could see uh, trying to win that argument with someone who's weeping over there. <laughs> um, uh, well, that's great. And tell us what a stock car is. Right. So, uh, in the when you talk about a car being in stock condition, that means you know it's as close as it could be to when it left the factory, meaning it hasn't been modified. It ha- it doesn't have, you haven't put a different engine in it, or you haven't, you know, changed the paint, or you haven't changed, you know, different options and stuff, or changed the interior. And so, you know, you have different crowds in the automotive world who either prefer to keep things as stock as possible, or you have people who like to modify cars and make them better. And so there's, you know, different crowds, and they prefer their different things. I've seen people who've kept cars so stock that they still have the original tires that the car came on, and you can't drive it because, you know, it's dangerous to drive a car on 30-year-old tires, so basically they just keep it in a garage its whole life and never drive it, versus, you know, guys who do all kinds of crazy stuff like put Corvette motors and Honda Civics and that kind of thing. That is that is definitely not stock. Oh, okay. So, so like, as I was saying earlier, there's all kinds of different crowds and flavors of the the automotive world but yeah it is always neat to see cars that are kept close to factory original just because especially when it's a rare unusual car um because many times the car companies that built these never expected people to keep them for 40 years um you know if it's something like a ford falcon or a vw beetle or something like that you know they were never seen as collector cars they were just seen as cars that people drove so that's why it's always neat to see one that's kept in such great shape yeah and on that note say i have a my father had a 1972 plymouth valiant mm-hmm. say i have that and i want i want to restore it i mean there and i need a new radio knob or um a new fob for the end of the on the column shift there's not many valiants around what do I do if I do I fabricate it? Or if I, uh, 
you can. It depends on how dedicated you are to keeping it as close to original. Um, the great thing is that a lot of cars have clubs around them, and the club is that there's always some guy in the club who's like an expert who's worked on these cars for 50 years and does every little detail about them. And so the the trick is to find a guy or a girl, but I'm using the word guy in quotation marks here, who's just your guy, you know, who who knows these guys. He's the guy to go to for these things. So like with a Valiant, I'm sure there's an owner's club. I'm sure that they have membership and you can they have a website and a forum where you can talk to other people and say, hey, I'm looking for a radio knob, and there'll be some guy who says, oh, yeah, I've got like 20 radios in a box in my garage. Let me, you know, I'll sell you one for a couple hundred bucks kind of thing. Um, wow. There's always, there's always somebody who's an expert in even the most obscure thing. I mean, I remember seeing online there's a Ford Tempo owner's club. You know, I don't know if you remember the Ford Tempo little sedan they sold in yep. the 1980s. So that's the great thing is that there's there's always a club. There's always somebody who's who's an expert in the most obscure thing you can think of. And and actually, vintage radios are a, a big business. There's guys who restore vintage radios. They tear them apart and they rewire them and they replace all the broken pieces. And you know, as long as you've got enough time and money. Uh, the part there's probably a guy out there who'll do it for you. I um, my AMC ambassador needs a new. It's a sedan. It has a the roof is steel, but it has a vinyl top on the roof, and I need to replace the vinyl. And sure enough, I found some company out in in Oregon that'll sell me the the correct material that matches the original. And then I found a guy in Hanover who'll. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, I used to do two or three vinyl tops a week back in the day. He's like, of course, nowadays I hardly do any because nobody has them anymore. But, you know, there's always somebody who's got a connection. And the best way is to go through the car clubs because there's other people, uh, men and women, who've gone through the same troubles as you in restoring a car. Wow. That's its own little world. And uh, the great thing about it is the product of it is just... You could see it all in one place uh, a week from tomorrow. It, if you've never been, folks, when you first come around the bend there and behold this field of, you know, it's like a garden. It's really a beautiful sight, uh, just as a whole. And then each each individual car, as you guys said, is uh, its own story, and it's uh, it's really just a tribute to, to people having a passion for something and. And making it happen, so. Sure, yeah, I, I I definitely enjoy the show. It's I enjoyed going last year, and I'm looking forward to it again this year. Yeah, we're really excited to have you back, Joe. So thanks again. Oh well, thank you, and thanks. And this is like I, I told somebody earlier. Motor Week's been involved with romancing the chrome since the, the beginning, I think. And there's been other Motor Week staffers who've gone in previous years, and so it's something Motor Week's very proud to be involved with and support uh, the the library. We, well, we thank you for that. And we're going to let Joe Ligo go uh, because I'm sure he has many other things going on today. And we're going to take a quick break and then come back and talk to Jenny about more about Romance in the Crone and about the foundation and maybe evening in the stacks. Folks, go to uh, motorweek.org um, and check out what Joe and his team do uh, week in and week out and um, you will love it. Joe, thanks so much. Hey, thanks for having me. 
The 8th Annual Romancing the Chrome, the largest car show of its kind in northeastern Maryland, featuring more than 250 classic cars and hot rods, takes place Saturday, April the 13th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Jarrettsville, 3719 Norrisville Road in Jarrettsville, right across from the Jarrettsville Library. Organized by the Harford County Public Library Foundation and Jarrettsville Lions Club. And benefiting both organizations, this event also features a children's area, music, vendors, food concessions, a beer garden, and much more. King Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram is back again this year as the headlining sponsor. Those interested in entering their car should visit romancingthechrome.org or call Nina Dipkin at 410-273-5600, extension 6514, or email her at d-e-p-k-i-n-n at hcplonline.org. In case of inclement weather, Romancing the Chrome will be held on Saturday, April the 20th. This is a free event. For more information, visit romancingthechrome.org. Have a small project at home that you've been putting off? Need some help but don't need a large contractor? For more than seven years, D.R. Curry Contracting, Inc. in Aberdeen has been offering residential and light commercial renovations, remodeling, and maintenance to clients in the Hartford County area. Their professional and efficient staff work on installations of windows, doors, siding, kitchen and bath remodels, and more. Customer service and satisfaction is of paramount importance in D.R. Curry Contracting, Inc.'s continued success, no matter the budget. It's time to get that project done. Call 410-272-8779. That's 410-272-8779. Let D.R. Curry, Inc. make your dream renovation become a reality. Okay, we are back. Thanks again to Joe Ligo. I'm here, Bob Mumby, my co-host Jenny Dombach, the director of the HCPL Foundation. And this is 970-WAMD-AM. And we're talking about uh, Romancing the Chrome, which is a week from Saturday, April 13th. Go to uh, romancingthechrome.org for more about that. And we also want to talk about the, the Harford County Public Library Foundation. Jenny, what is, the, what is the foundation? And tell us some of the great stuff you folks do. Well, um, the foundation is the nonprofit arm of the library. And... Um, you know, our sole responsibility is to be advocates for the library, get out there and connect with people, let them know what we're doing um, for the community and in the branches um, for the children in Harford County, and um, really make people aware of the needs that uh, we have and uh, what we do. So. It, it's really a great opportunity to connect with the community. Um, we have a great uh, board of directors that um, are wonderful leaders within the community um, that also spread the great word of the library. And the other thing that we do is we raise funds for the library. So, um, you know, not only being advocates, but raising money for um, things that aren't budgeted for, which sometimes are, are surprising. Are surprising and very common okay. in any organization. Um, there's another little thing you guys do in the fall. I can't think of the name of it. Um, you, you must have over 50 people that attend it. <laughs> what is that? Is That must be our gala that you're speaking of. It's uh, an evening in the stacks, and um, it's our 15th year this year, so we're really excited wow. to... Um, 
to kick that off and do some amazing things. Um, we host over 600 of our closest friends of the library that night, um, and it takes place on November the 2nd this year, so we're back to November. And, and uh, it takes you forever to sell tickets. Last year it took almost 20 minutes to sell out, didn't it? Yes, they are hotter than a Rolling Stone ticket is what we like to say. But we're really fortunate um, that people um, love to support the library and love to celebrate the library um, at our annual gala. So it's a, it's a great spot to be in. Um, and you're going to have totally renovated digs this year, aren't you, for that? Yeah, our Abingdon branch, where we host the gala every year, um, is currently under um, construction and renovations. Uh, they are replacing, if you've ever been to the Abingdon branch, um, it's a gorgeous facility. It's one of our flagship branches, and um, the majority of it is windows. Well, they are um, replacing every single window in that building, making sure it's nice and airtight and doesn't leak anymore, um, replace, replacing a huge portion of the roof, um, giving... Uh, some of the interior, some facelifts and updates, and uh, I think that the community is going to be really, really pleased once it's completed in August. Wow. And what is the date for the gala? November the 2nd. Saturday, November, November the, the 2nd. 2nd. Yes. Okay. And um, we'll be talking a lot more about that uh, over the next few months, especially about our amazing sponsors that step up every single year whenever the the call goes out um and uh, it's just we're so lucky to to have them yeah we couldn't do it without them that's for uh, sure anything else coming up at the library we should know about yeah we have some great things coming up um we have our human library coming up this saturday um April the 6th at our Falston branch. Um, it's a really amazing program um, that we've partnered with a company in Denmark. Um, and um, the, that is being featured at uh, libraries around the county. Um, we also have, um, of all things, you know, it is spring, so we have a home buying workshop in our Edgewood branch on Monday, April the 8th. Um, which is very exciting. Spring is a great time to sell your home and buy a house. So um, we'll be uh, speaking with uh, uh, Maryland Realtors, which will be exciting. And um, let's see, we have our summer reading program coming up in, the, in June, um, which is an amazing program that helps the kids in Harford County avoid that summer slump. And um, with some awesome programming, um, the theme this year is the universe of stories. Um, so we have some great um, planetary programming that um, we'll be featuring over the summer, and that's very exciting. And, la and last year, over 17,000 kids uh, enrolled in summer reading programs. Yes. That's insane. It is. It is. And over 100,000 books were read, which is just amazing and fantastic. Um, we have some really great participants in that program, and our branches support that program countywide um, and come up with some really cool things for the, to keep the kids engaged. Fantastic. HCPL, I don't know how you folks do it, um, but hats off because it's such a crucial part of our of our community and for so many people uh, uh 
I'm in a library once a week. Uh, Good. Um, and I still want to do that beam, but I, I have to figure out how to, um, you know, an old man walking into the middle of a room when kids are playing. <laughs> so, hey, mister, get off our Little League field. <laughs> so, um, fantastic. Okay, we have five minutes left. Three minutes left. Uh, you wanna, uh, You said you wanted to know your rap names? Oh, yeah. Okay, we have, we've done search uh, with Home Office, and we have uh, we've come up with some suggested rap names for Jenny. Um, oh, boy. Yes. J. Jenny Sugar. <laughs> that one's sweet. Wicked J. Ritz. It's classy. Crazy, crazy Baddie Jenny J. Humps. Well, I don't know about that one. <laughs> J. Jenny Sugar. Uh, and Jenny Dirty Rhymes. Hmm. Edgy. Yeah, literature. <laughs> Rhymes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now we're going to do some police blotter. This is a new feature. but And this was solely because I was reading the police blotter the other day, and I realized, you know, there's some bad stuff going on, but some people, they have too much time on their hands. That and it's do. it's funny, the dispatchers, God bless them, they take these calls, uh, and they, they also take... Uh, calls and can often be the difference in life and death situations but uh now this is not 911 this is the the desk dispatch reports and sometimes they just write what the person said and because they, they have to um bel air a package on top of a mailbox in the 2000 block of x seemed out of place last wednesday hmm. <laughs> a goose was hitting the road friday <laughs> Juveniles were in the woods with an axe. <laughs> Jeez. Wasn't George Washington a juvenile in the woods with an axe? Yes. Um, a box of nails was in the road at Route 7 and Old Mountain Road. You gotta love Hartford <laughs> County News. <laughs> you know, one thing I forgot to mention, um, if we can circle back to Romancing the Chrome, is our sponsors. Um, Excellent. Because they really were not able to do it without them. Um, and they're such great supporters of the library and the Jarrettsville Lions Club. we got to give them a shout-out. So um, our headlining sponsor this year for Romancing the Chrome is Keen Dodge Chrysler Jeep. They are fantastic and great supporters. We have our premier sponsors, Jarrettsville Federal Savings and Loan, Klein's ShopRite, Waste Industries, Supporting sponsors are Armstrong, B.E. Miller, and Carl's Door Service. And our contributing sponsors are American Design and Build, Baltimore Crab Cake Company, uh, Bushmill On The Go, Jarrettsville Creamery and Deli, Pond View Farm and Pit Crew, and Smith Hardware. So thank you to all those folks that continue to support this great event and um, those two great organizations, the Library and the Jarrettsville Lions Club. And go... Give these folks business. They didn't sponsor this so that to make you give them business, but they've sponsored it because they care about our community, so they deserve our business. And we know all those businesses, and they all do a great job. So tell them you heard about them because of their sponsorship of Romancing the Chrome. And then they'll sponsor next year, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to do one tweet. 
That's what we'll do. We'll just do one tweet. Uh, we, we always like to do funny tweets that normal people um, tweet out. This was one that caught my eye the other day. The most cutting thing you can say is, who is this clown? Because it implies that they're A, a clown, and B, not even one of the better known clowns. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. That's it. Uh, we will see you next week. This is Bob Mumby uh, and Jenny Dombeck, and this is WAMD 970 AM. Have a great rest of your day.